0: Danielle let's just get this started when does somebody know that it's time to write a book? Wow okay so
1: there's a couple different indications that it's it's time you're you're ready you're ready to write a book One is if you think of uh or you're ready to take your authority level to the next step is the big is a big one so if you think of when you're first starting out in business, You you get a website, you grab the handles on Instagram, you start putting content out there. That's one of the ways that you just establish your authority. Um, And as your business grows, you're going to have to find new ways to continue to really establish your authority and your expertise in your field. And a book is a huge factor um, in showing people that you know what you're talking about and that you have expertise in it. So there's this level of like, all right, I'm ready to take it to the next level as far as that goes. Also, you have a really engaged following that wants more of what you're talking about. They want to go deeper. Um, and that is another great sign that um that it's it's time to write a book. Also. You know, there's a um, a quote from an author that I love. Her name is Madeline Lingle. And she goes, you have to write the book that wants to be written. And I feel like most people know when they've got a book inside of them that's trying to come out that wants to be written. And so if you've got that still small voice inside of you saying, this needs to be a book, listen to it. Don't, don't, don't ignore it.
0: That's interesting. What is that? There's, I read or heard, or maybe even made up at this point, um, some stat about like, what is it like? 80% of people have a book inside of them that that who, or who want to write a book. Is that true?
1: Absolutely. It is a large portion of people. You know, we always say things in the ghostwriting world, like everybody wants to write a book.
0: (laughs) And few people do. (laughs) And very few people do. So I remember writing my first book, You know, I was um, new to NSA, National Speakers Association, going to some of the meetings. And, you know, this is a number of years ago, um, as I was entering into the speaking in the leadership and corporate engagement, you know, industry, it was always write a book, write a book, write a a book. And I remember like, yeah, I I was like, all right, I got to write a book, you know, and wrote my first book, which was really just such a nice gateway to the second book. Yes. And I got to say it's, it's um, when I got the book, you know, when I had finished it and it didn't take me very long. I want everybody to know, like, a, I think a lot of times people think and Danielle, you can um, pipe in on this. A lot of people think it's like this huge undertaking, like it's going to take years to write a book. And I started writing it like in January Probably mid January. And I was finished, like I had a physical copy in my hand by the beginning of June of that year. That's so, awesome. Five months. Yeah. To go from step one to step two. Although my sister did remind me later on that I had been threatening for nine years to write a book. Yeah. So, <laughs> maybe I have to add those nine years in there. <laughs> but it was so wonderful to have this because when you're speaking, And this is the whole reason why we're having this conversation, because as a speaker, like there's only so much that the audience is actually going to remember at that time. And it decreases as the time goes by. And to have that book, it's like, I mean, it's literally your best business card.
1: Absolutely. And if you are speaking at an event and people want to come buy your book at the table afterwards, that's a chance for you to make that one-on-one connection with them. You can connect with them. You can sign their book if they, if they want. You can hand them your physical business card if it's somebody that you want to keep in contact, a potential one-on-one client down the road. And that book, I mean, think of the books that you've owned. Chances are you own them for a good five, 10, 15. There's some books I've owned for the past 20 years. And how many business cards do You hold on to for twenty years. None, none.
0: (laughs) And here's here's another great story about one of my books. Is people rarely throw them away. They will donate them. Yeah. So on one occasion, a um, a friend of mine from high school found my book in a used bookstore. Oh wow! And of course, he bought it. Yeah. (laughs) And 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 he emailed and told me. And another time a woman bought, and she was in her seventies. Wow. This was one of the first editions of my first book. And my phone number was actually in the book. Nobody's ever called me except this woman. Wow. That she found it. She goes, it was at the grocery store for like in one of those bins for a dollar each book. She said, I bought it. Yeah. And she, I mean, she left me the most touching uh, message. She'd never finished a book since high school. Wow! Read it and took the time. She goes, your book was so encouraging. Oh, I love that! I know, like that is like I was like, oh my goodness! I think I had tears when I when I listened to her message that time. To know that your book is out there, yeah, and impacting other people, whether they pass it on to someone. But you're right, like I don't hold on to business cards for twenty years, but a book. Yeah, I
1: mean your book like you said can go places you never could. Maybe that woman would have never had the chance to come see you speak at an event, right. but you absolutely created this um a chance to impact her life by putting what you know into a book that found its way into her hands.
0: That's right. Oh my goodness. Oh, like so this whole book topic, okay? I'm just going to ask you the real big question because okay. you're, you're a ghostwriter. And yeah. so you know, like you the whole thing that you do is to help people get their book out there, you yep, know, instead yep. of taking nine years, like, like I was threatening to write, write a book, but don't people think that that's cheating.
1: So that is something that people will sometimes be like, is it, is it disingenuous? Like, is it inauthentic? Think of it this way. If a woman is in labor, do you think she's cheating if she uses a midwife? <laughs> Or is she cheating if she goes to the hospital and has the doctor help deliver her baby? No, not in any way, shape or form. You know, I I cannot come up with this stuff. You know, I am not the expert. I am a lifelong learner. I am insatiably curious. I'm a great interviewer. I have like a journalistic kind of style of interviewing people so I can pull things out of you that you may not be able to get out of yourself, but also like I've done this before, just like a midwife. I've written the books before. I know the process. I know how to walk you through it, coach you through it, hold your hand through it, encourage you through it, and then make sure that you're kind of deliver your vision on the other side and help you get it out of you. So part of working with a ghostwriter, there's lots of different ways that the relationship actually shakes out once you get to putting you know, words on paper. But even if you weren't working with a ghostwriter, for most people, especially if they go the traditional publishing route, they are going to have a support system on their writing journey. Sometimes that's a book coach, especially if they're in um, doing the pub- traditional publishing way. There's multiple editors um, in a publishing house that touch your book. Um, proof editors, developmental editors, line editors, you name it. There's a whole lot of people who come around you to support you as you write this book. A ghostwriter is just another level of support. And like a midwife, you know, or a doula, we're very, very hands-on support, but we're not doing the work for you. We're just
0: helping, we're helping you do the work. I just, uh, you know, I'm still laughing over here. One, I've never had children, but I feel like you like hit me right between the eyes with that one. (laughs) So, so I, so I, I really appreciate that. And the reason why I wanted to ask that is because years ago when I had already come out with my first book and I was talking to a friend of mine and she had mentioned that she was working with a ghostwriter. And I remember thinking like, it's kind of cheating, (laughs) But uh, hearing your answer, you're absolutely right. It's just another form of support. And before we dive back into that and remind me to go back into that, um, there's like a couple of things. I just feel like, we're, you know, this is all about speaking, you know, whether yeah. you're speaking, you know, virtually, you know, in person, but as, you know, like, like coaches and consultants, the people that I, that I work with and the people who are listening to this podcast, I, I think it's like we're doing them a disservice by by not talking about like, why do you want a book?
1: Yeah. In the first place. Oh, golly. So this is something that I am a big believer on. If you are speaking regularly, you need to have a book. Mm-hmm. A couple different ways. One, like I said, it elevates your um Your authority level. And with that, let's say you're speaking, you're typically able to ask for higher honorariums if you have a book. Um, Higher
0: honorariums, higher fees. I know for me myself, Mm -hmm. and I tell my clients this as well, the ones that are in the process of writing books, you know, because if you're a meeting planner and you're deciding between speaker A and speaker B, speaker A has a book and speaker B doesn't have a book. Correct. Just the fact that somebody has a book. Yep. They're t- Typically they're going to get hired over the person without the book.
1: Yes. Because you know that they've put in the work to know their stuff. That is a huge, it's a huge credibility factor in the sense of like, you can't just, you know, put in lorem ipsum into a book and publish it. Well, I guess you could, but you're not going to get chosen over speaker B. <laughs> right. But if right. someone says like, you know what, you've got 14 chapters, 15 chapters, 40,000, 60,000 words on this topic, you know your stuff. And that says something to people.
0: And to be able to dive into parts of your book, you know, like one of the things that um, that I share with my clients, you know, you get to talk about maybe some of the chapters, some of your process. Yeah. And then it's like, if you want to learn more, you know, like the book is in the back of the room, but it's also a fabulous way for, you know, Revenue. Yeah. Whether absolutely. whether you're speaking for no fee and you can sell your book in the back of the room, or what I've done on a number of occasions when I was speaking in leadership, somebody who couldn't, you know, like didn't have the budget for my fee, you know, then I would bring out well, you know, like there's a gift budget in a lot of meetings and conferences. So instead of tapping into their speaker budget, now they're tapping into their gift budget. And at the end of the day, you know, like everybody's walked out with my book and I've actually, chances are made a little more money than I would have if they had been able to pay my straight fee. Yeah. And
1: a book, in theory, you know, like I said, there's there's different levels that you can go in the depth of your content. So speaking about it for 15, 20, 30 minutes, you can only go so deep. In a book, you can go deeper, but then you can turn that book also into a course, you know, maybe chapters one and two are their own course, and you can go even deeper on that level. And then it's another revenue. Uh, it's another form of revenue when you turn your book into a course, because someone could go like, oh actually, I'm working on that with a client right now. I'm helping her turn some chapters of her book into a course. And so it, so while she does like educate and unpack, we're unpacking it even more and helping people go through the, these really, really in-depth questions to help them really figure out um, the content of the book and be able to apply it to their own lives. Oh, that's so funny that you just said that
0: because that was the next direction that I really wanted to go in because earlier you said you have more of a journalistic approach to pulling that information out of the author to be, you know, so I I can just imagine like how beneficial that is, because a lot of times, like, I know what my process is, you know, and my process is very personalized from client to client. But I would bet that if you had an hour with me to pull out... Ask me your questions and get really curious that I'd probably be able to fine tune my process because there's stuff that you would ask me that would be like almost like turning the light bulb on in a dark, in a darker corner of the room.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you are working one-on-one with a client you know, for for someone like you, if you're working one-on-one with a client, you're not using all the tools in your toolbox with every single client. But when it comes to a book, we're pulling out tools out of your toolbox that you maybe haven't used in a year or two, just because you haven't had a client that was the right fit for that. But that information is valuable and somebody out there needs it. And so that's part of what I do as a, um, as a ghostwriter, as I look in your toolbox, I'm like, Hey, what, tell me about this tool right here what do you like to use it for? Who's this tool good fit for? What's the questions that they're asking that we could answer in this chapter that would let them know this tool would be a good fit for them? Oh,
0: I love that. Really love it. And you know what got me to write my second book was a friend of mine. I just have to know another story about books. It was a friend of mine who said, uh, and this was just his belief. If you write one book, you're not an author. He had said that and I was just like, and I just remember it just like sitting with me and I was just like, okay, I got to write another book. And that really was what got me to write the second book. And my second book was really, both of my books are actually modern day parables. They're just nice stories. And the second book was all about um, the common mistakes that I see executive leaders making Mm -hmm. so that they could read the book and... Even if we started to work together after they read the book, hopefully they would have overcome like some of these common mistakes so that we could go even deeper yes. during our time together. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Kind of the prep work is done. The foundation is there. Yes. I remember a client asking me, you know, she just felt like she was doing some of the same basic coaching with each new client. And she created a group program, but in theory, she really like, she could even create the book that led to the group program that would then lead to the private one-on-one coaching. So I hope, you know, anybody who's watching this or listening to this, that you see that you can start to see the pathway that a book actually can add to this. You know, that book can be that low touch, low cost way for somebody to get to know you, to like you, to trust you. Yep. Mhm. All right, so how does what should somebody do to prepare for working with a ghostwriter?
1: A couple couple uh, things that they can do right off the bat is one really hone in on what their book is going to be about. You know, a lot of us have, you know, like there's a lot of facets to what you do or what you teach about. But if you can say this book will help X do X so they can X. If they can fill in those blanks as to what you're going to help somebody do, who specifically you're helping, and what they'll be able to do after
0: they read the book. Okay, that give is an a- example for, for everybody, because I, I just went into algebra trauma. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. So what you want to do is you, you want your book to say, or when you're trying to define what your book is going to be about very concisely is um, let's just say I wanted to write a book for people who want to write books. So I help X for me would be leaders and change makers. I help leaders and change makers do X. What do I want to help them do? I help leaders and change makers convey their expertise in a way that is impactful and memorable so that they can X. What's the, what are they going to be able to do so that they can convey their wisdom and experience into a book form and grow
0: their business? Love that. Love that. That was a great example, by the way. (laughs) We had to fill in the blanks for all those (laughs) X's. Yeah. So if
1: you can start there, and it's not saying that we won't go on rabbit trails or we won't address some other ideas, but getting really concise in the beginning will be really, really helpful. And then from there, you're going to want to look at what are all the other books out there that speak on this topic? And if you and start to take a look at
0: what has been spoken about and what hasn't and what new approach you can bring to it. Okay. Let's go back to the first one though. Cause I talk a lot about, you know, start with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. And I also tell my clients, write the right book. Yes. Don't just write a book for the sake of writing a book, write the right book. And um, the way that I craft my presentations, the way that I help my teach, you know, like my students and my private clients to write presentations, you start with the end in mind, like what's, what do you want the audience or the reader in this case, to think differently, to do differently, to believe, like when they close the book, yep. like what is the end goal? When you're done speaking, what is the end goal so that we know what the pathway is? So that's just how I craft presentations. And as a matter of fact, both of my books, I think I wrote the last chapter first. Yeah. Because again, it's a modern day parable. So yeah. I wrote the end of the story so that now it was just like, how do I get there? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You definitely, you know, and that goes back to that. What is the book about? So what are you trying to help them accomplish? And keep that front in mind at the end towards um when you're when you're uh, defining what the book is about, you know, and as you're trying to figure out, you know, things that you talk about or the tools in your toolbox that you want to highlight, make sure you come back to that original statement. Like, will this help someone, you know, reach that end goal in my, with that in mind?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. How many books on average do your clients end up writing? I would say probably two is the average. (laughs) That kind of goes with what my friend Tom said. (laughs) You know, if you only write one book, you're not an author. (laughs) Usually the
1: second book is inspired during the process of the first book. Mm -hmm. Usually we'll go, they realize like, oh, wait, I have a lot more to say on this specific topic that needs to be its own book. And that's usually what kind of spurs on the second book. Um, and then, you know, there are other people who cu- write multiple books, but usually it's the second one that flows the easiest out of the first one.
0: Okay. We've covered a lot. And we also talked about like what you should do before working with a ghost writer. So how do you know if, write- if working with a ghostwriter is the right step? well to answer that I am
1: going to tell you a story so good. you know we all know Lin-Manuel Miranda he wrote Hamilton um and then so many other um you know musicals and whatnot that we now all love love him for so so, so very thankful for Encanto as a mother of a five-year-old <laughs> and how good that music is um but Lin-Manuel Miranda you know that opening uh, um Alexander Hamilton song He wrote that just sort of after being on vacation and reading a a biography about Alexander Hamilton. It just kind of flowed out of him, that first song. And he actually performed it at the White House. And it was so well-received. Everybody was like, wait, is this going to be a a thing? Is this going to be your next musical? And he was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. He wrote one other song and then couldn't really get any traction on it for the next 7 years until finally some people from the outside were like all right we this this is so good this has the seeds of greatness in it we need to get this out of you and so they started setting him up with um co-writers and with other people who could help pull that music out of him, pull the story out of him that he wanted to write. And now we have Hamilton. But between those first two songs and what we have as Hamilton on stage was seven years. (laughs) Wow. And I am finding that a lot of people they have that first chapter. They have that first idea in mind and they know it's something more, but they are struggling to get it out of themselves. They are struggling to sit down, to write the words, to do the thing. And that is a really great indication that it's time to work with a ghostwriter. If you've been working on this book for at least a year and you're not making headway, you're not you know, at least halfway through, I would say call a ghostwriter today. That is a big, that's a big aspect of it.
0: I like that. Thank you. And it also reminds me of the process that I went through when I was writing um, more my second book, because there was a huge delay in when I started it. And then it literally was 50% done for a very long time until I spoke for this particular insurance company. And this was one of those that everybody in the audience got a copy of my book. And I got an email from somebody who said, your speech and your book changed my life. And that email, I was just like, oh my God, I owe it to my audience to finish this second book. Yep. And I got to also tell you that like my mother every once in a while is like, so are you writing another book? I'm always like, no, I'm not mom. (laughs) It might be time. It really might be time because I'm in a different, I'm in a different industry now. Yeah. You know, now I'm helping coaches and consultants like use speaking as their best form of marketing. And you're right, it's probably time that I start that I write another book so that people have another way to learn. Because that's the whole thing, is like like this podcast is really. Is for people who want to listen. If you're watching this on YouTube, then you are visually watching this. But there are people who want to read, you know, who want to watch me like do a live stream, watch me on, you know, like not everybody can see me speak in person. Not everybody can see me speak virtually. Depends on if it's a public or if it's a private event. Yep. You know, so but a book that you can then put on Amazon is also, and that's also really good SEO.
1: Yeah, and I would also say if you don't some people just literally do not have the time to write the book it's a very significant time investment mm-hmm. and so it's much easier for them to spend 1 hour a week in with me where i pull everything out of them and then i can format it into something that, that they can actually read and comment on and the revision process is much easier than the first draft process um and so having someone like me take a stab at that first draft and create something and and cultivate it into a beautiful narrative Arc that's going to take their clients or going to take their readers on that journey for them. It's a huge, um, you know, it's like putting rocket boosters on um, and,
0: and helps bring the, your book to fruition much sooner. Yes. And for my audience to understand, there's also a process, not just a process to writing the book, but also a process to writing the right book that actually compels people to continue to follow you, to possibly work with you, to yep. take those next steps. I mean, uh, it's, you just want to make sure that I'm going to go back to that same phrase. You got to write the right book. And by yep. working with a ghostwriter. They are going to, well, Miss Danielle will help you figure that out also. How'd you get into this, by the way?
1: <laughs> well, I have always loved writing my entire life. Um, whether it was really bad poetry in high school to whenever we get writing paper assignments in college, I was like, yes. And then I'd be really sad when I'm like keep it to two pages. I'm like, what? Only two pages. <laughs> So writing was something that I've always been really passionate about, um, that I've always uh, pursued education on, um, whether it was taking a book proposal course or whatnot. But actually, my background is in the music industry. And uh, before I became a professional writer, I was working in artist management. And so I was doing a lot of helping artists take their album, their artwork, their vision, and make it. Accessible to the world while also keeping in mind like their long term goals, and so and helping them them get there. But as I was working with these artists, a lot of times we would get um, content either from their social media manager or from their PR consultant or from the label, and I would read something that had a you know quote unquote quote from them. I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like them at all, and and so I would end up rewriting. Everything. I would end up rewriting their social media content or rewriting their quotes or they would get um, questions in from media outlets and I would answer as them. And so I realized I had this talent for writing in other people's voices. And then when my daughter was born, it just became very evident pretty quickly that the music industry and having a small baby were, was not going to jive well. <laughs> And I was trying to figure out, what am I going to do? What am I going to do next? What does the next step look like? And a friend reached out and said, like, hey, I'm, I'm really needing some help writing um, a bio for my website. Is that something you've ever done before? And I'm like, oh, I can write a bio in my sleep. And um, she recommended me to somebody else because she loved the bio I wrote for her who recommended me to somebody else. And it just sort of evolved from there and wrote my first book with with somebody
0: who needed to get their book out of them. Very nice. I like that. And I know that you have a team of people that, that you work with, right? Absolutely. That's other that's
1: also really, really huge is to have the right ghostwriter who's got the right team behind them. One, I have an editor who I work with who I send everything before it's finally delivered to the client or to the publisher to that editor. Because you know what? After a while, you do not see the comma that's missing. Um right. you just you do not see it anymore. You don't hear how it's how it's read anymore. So I think that is super, super important to have somebody objective who can look at my work, offer feedback. Also, sometimes people will come to me and their idea for their book is too broad. And if I don't feel like I'm the best bet or I'm the best fit to help them narrow down on their book idea, I help have them go work with a book coach, one of two or three coaches that I recommend to hammer out the outline first. So because while I, well, what I do is important. What they do is important as well. And that is, yeah. And that is a special skill that um, sometimes I'm not the best fit for, for the client. And so knowing like, okay, this is the book coach that they need and um, being able to make that recommendation. And then say, once you've got that outline done with, with, with so-and-so
0: then come back to me and we'll hammer out the book. Wonderful. Okay. There's, there's one other thing that I want to, actually two other things Okay, <laughs> at the moment. I'm sure I'll come up with more. You mentioned about when you were working with the artists and you read their testimonial or a quote, sorry, you read a quote from them and you were like, that doesn't sound like them yeah. and would rewrite it. How do you write in somebody's voice? Because that's what, that's, what, that's what I'm hearing. Yes. How do you oh, do God. that?
1: I, let me think if I can find a way to quantify that. Um, Have you ever, is there, okay, so think of somebody who you love and you know dearly, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's your mom or a sister. And have you ever seen a picture of them and you go, oh, I know exactly what they're thinking in that picture. You know, when this picture was taken. Yes. That is what it's like to write in somebody else's voice. It's that, that kind of knowing from just sort of diving in and listening intently to how they say things, how they convey things and knowing on the front end, like, what is the goal and who are we speaking to? I kind of marry all those things together. When I work with somebody at the very beginning, I send them what I call my discovery questionnaire. And I ask everything from what is your favorite chip to tell me your perfect work day tell me your perfect vacation day um what is the most exciting thing that you've done in your business in the past 30 days and then we have a interview session after i have that where i kind of rip off of that those answers and while well in theory knowing your favorite chip isn't important to your book knowing how you talk about your favorite chips is.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. I like how you I feel like that's a little sneaky but <laughs> but at the same time extremely effective. Yeah. So, if somebody's considering working with a ghostwriter, yourself or anybody else, what are some questions that you feel that people should be asking the ghostwriter to figure out is this right for me? Is this person right for me? I think that if you have um, some
1: ideas on how you would like the relationship to flow, I think you need to connect with the ghostwriter first to see if they're open to that, open to working in that way. For instance, I worked with a client earlier this year and I would interview her um, about the uh, the chapter. And then from there, I would put together an outline for her and then I would send her the outline. And she wanted to do the first draft. so But then she had an outline to work up so we can make sure that the the arc was there. But then I would get the first draft back. And then from there, I would dive in. I would do zhuzhing. And a lot of times, things that feel a little maybe scary to put in, a lot of times she would leave out. And I'd be like, I'd find a way to put them back in in a way that was really impactful but wasn't too scary for her. So that is – like. Just an example of one of the ways that you could work with a ghostwriter that isn't just you telling me what you want me to put in the book and me typing it out. And so if you have a preconceived idea how you would like to work with the ghostwriter, you know, just run it by them first. See, make sure that they're open to that. And then I would say, is there good energy between you guys as you were chatting? Like, do you feel like you're connecting, like you're driving. Because working with a ghostwriter is a lot like working with a therapist. You're going to go deep. And so you need to not be afraid to share something with them.
0: Oh, that's very helpful. Very helpful. And as somebody who has you written a couple of books and I did them all on my own. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I had an idea and I had gotten enough information. And I mean, my books are actually just like me because I'm the disc personality profile. I'm a D, so I'm very short to the point, just like my books. But being able to have somebody that you have that energy with, because if you don't have that energy, you're not going to be able to dive as deep and probably get out of the book, what you wanted to get out of the book and get out into the world.
1: Yeah. And on average, you know, a book takes about when you're working with a ghostwriter, about six months to, to write. So you're going to be spending a large chunk of time with this person. Like, you know, you want to make sure that you're going to enjoy spending that time with them.
0: And how often do you meet with your clients weekly?
1: So I probably meet with them about once a week. Mm -hmm. And usually we plan for an hour long session. If I know that a a chapter is going to be particularly meaty, I'll go ahead and schedule it for an hour and a half. And what I like to do is we'll meet for three weeks on, one week off, and I'll take that extra week to kind of um, make sure that I'm drafting along the way. And um, from there, I send them chapters in chunks. So they'll get chapters one through three to review while we're drafting four through six,
0: so on and so forth. Love this. So, for anybody who's thinking of writing a book or you've had this idea of writing a book, just know that you could have it done in six months. Easy. Six months from today, you could have a book that you are holding in your hand and passing out and sharing and even making an Amazon bestseller. So, Miss Danielle, tell people where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they learn more about you? Absolutely. So, my website is just my name,
1: daniellecook.co. And I've got all the information there about what it looks like to work with a ghostwriter. Um, I'm now taking clients for 2023. If anybody is interested in if next year is the year that you want to get your book out, let's let's work together. I'm on Instagram and my handle is daniellechristine.c. And I'm over on
0: LinkedIn as well for Danielle Cook. Wonderful, wonderful. So everybody, make sure you go and follow her. If you're thinking of writing a book, seriously consider working with a ghostwriter. As somebody who's written a couple of books and several workbooks, I know that um, it could be a great shortcut and probably even go a whole lot deeper than if you were doing this on your own. So thank you very much for listening this week. And as always, be in demand. Thanks for hanging out with me.